Got a doggo and want to support the pato? Use the affiliate link in our show notes, BarkBox.com backslash Jacob Stanley, that's Jacob with a K, and sign up for BarkBox. Each month, BarkBox brings your dog more than $40 worth of toys, treats, and chews tailored especially for your pup, curated from each month's unique themed collection. Is your puppers into Stranger Things? Would they dig on some Bego waffles or a demo bat? Maybe they prefer the wizarding world of Harry Potter and want a sorting hat or a headwig of their very own. So click on the link in our show notes, BarkBox.com backslash Jacob Stanley, that's Jacob with a K, or go to our website, JacobStanley.com, and use the link provided to help support our pod and bring monthly dog joy right to your door. Oh, and by using our link, you get an additional month free. That's BarkBox.com backslash Jacob Stanley. In October of 2011, four college students disappeared in the woods near Porter Township, Pennsylvania, while researching a documentary on children's author Jacob Stanley. They remain missing to this day. Last month, their recordings appeared online. In an effort to aid in the investigation, the families of those missing have agreed to release the following sound files. If anyone has information on those missing or the identity of the person or persons who uploaded these files, please use the contact information provided. Anything submitted may be used in future episodes. Certain materials referenced in this podcast, including the published works of Jacob Stanley, are currently protected under U.S. copyright law and may be redacted. For legal reasons, some names have been withheld and voices altered. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the podcasters and participants and do not represent the official policy or position of the Iphigenia County Police Department of Porter Township, Pennsylvania, or its associates. This podcast contains adult themes and language. Listener discretion is advised. Warning. This episode discusses suicide. For support and resources please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline or your local crisis center. File labeled 005, Rough Cut, Episode 5, Tell Me a Story, The True Life of Jacob Stanley. Can I hear myself? Can you hear me? Check, check. Okay, so today we are going to do something a little different. Chuck and Tolan are with Wallace and the search party looking for Jane, and since RJ and I are without transportation, we have decided to do some background on the Mendenhall Institute. As we now know, Stanley owned the land it's on. And coincidentally, within walking distance shit, Ah, and because RJ can talk her way into anywhere, we're actually inside the belly of the beast itself. So, we're also going to shoot a quick episode of RJ's ghost hunting show, Boo. And we will, hopefully, (laughs) not die in the process. Alright. Let's get haunted. WTV New York. If your child has been to a school book fair recently, chances are they came home with one of this author's scary books. Our guest tonight's first anthology leapt to the top of the New York Times bestsellers list. Over the past few years, he has become a household name. The gap between Alvin Schwartz and Stephen King. The devil is among us, friends. He's among us in the form of a writer. may have struggled during its initial release in 1977, but now tell me a story. Under the bed that's over my head. 
Little to nothing is known about the life of this elusive author. And since 1999, Jacob Stanley seems to have completely dropped off the face of the earth. Until a short, two-line obituary appeared in a small-town paper over a year ago. From Boo Labs and Red Cup Media, I'm Tolan Reed. And I'm Avery Fisher. This is Tell Me a Story, the true life of Jacob Stanley. Loretta Moyer is the all-powerful matriarch of the Porter Township Moyer clan. She is well-versed in the history and folklore of this town, especially the Mendenhall Institute. You can go ahead. What am I saying here now? Introduce yourself, what you're going to talk about, and the verbal consent. Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Hello. My name is Loretta Lee Moyer. And my family has run the homestead in Porter Township, PA, for generations. And today I am going to be talking about the Mendenhall Institute and the story of patient number 349. And the verbal consent. Oh, and I approve this message. <laughs> that wasn't it. <laughs> Uh, and, and I consent. Oh, no, I, I, I got it. <laughs> and I consent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have a release you can sign. Good. Because that's the best you're going to get. Upon first glance, Ms. Loretta seems like a stereotypical grand. But if you talk to her for more than five minutes you realize that she's anything but. Miss Loretta is completely fascinated by all things macabre and 100% believes in ghosts. Like, there's not a doubt in her mind. Also, she has great weed. In our previous episode, Miss Loretta told us about the Mendenhall Institute's hidden underground tunnel system that connected to a massive crematorium used to burn the bodies of their patients. Note, insert more about the religious sect, the order of the light, or the light of his word, or the light. Note, over. Ms. Loretta's going to provide a bit more detail on the stories of abuse within the Institute and the local ghost story of patient number 349. Such a terrible thing. 
people dumping their family members there. Just disgusting. That place seems absolutely terrifying. It was. And it still is. In all the years it was open, thousands and thousands of people died in their care. Yikes. Can you imagine the weight of all that? All those souls just piling up and piling up and piling up. I think that psychic weight is what made the dam burst. How do you mean the dam burst? When patients started escaping. That place was up and running for over 60 years. And for over 60 years, no one gave it a second thought. They were doing God's work there. You wouldn't have even imagined anyone would have ever wanted to escape. They were safe there. They were cared for. They had everything they needed. Hell, it even looked like a damn palace. But patients began escaping. Yeah. Started in like 62, 63. A few times a year, four or five of them would break out. Now, that might not sound like a lot. But remember, no patients had ever run away from there before. And where would they go? Some got lost in the woods trying to climb the ridge. Most got funneled into town where they'd get scooped up and taken back. It wasn't even until 77, 79 before people finally started paying attention and actually listening to those poor creatures. I only ever heard bits and bobs. But it's all so horrible. Strapping patients to wheelchairs so they couldn't run. Removing their teeth so they couldn't bite. Binding their hands so they couldn't fend for themselves. Feeding them with tubes down their throats. Shit. Not even allowed the dignity of eating their own food. Damn. They had to know. They, they had to know. Those rich folks. They had to know they were sending their family members off to die. And they just... And they just didn't. change gears for a bit. Yeah? How about you tell us the story of patient number 349? Oh, I might have actually heard this one before. Don't go out to the wood, dear friends. The wind doth howl and the branch doth creak, summoning the lady far up at Great Peak. And if you hear the ring of her bell, she will drag you straight to hell. That's similar to Lady Bell from Stanley's first book. Right. I, I don't know it from any book. That's just something the kids around here used to say. On nights like tonight. When the wind whips through the woods. It was 1962. A beautiful, raven-haired young woman broke free from the asylum and ran for miles through the woods, barefoot in the snow. Her feet slashed by the underbrush cut a red path through the fields of white. Once she reached the highest ridge on Great Cliffs Peak, she set her sights on a gnarled oak. And there, she strung herself up from the highest branch and hanged herself. Because of the way the wind shot up the side of Great Cliffs Peak, it made her nightgown billow out wide. And through the night, it froze hard, outstretched, collecting the falling snow. 
police who were first on scene said she looked like a great white bell. Her bloody feet swinging back and forth in the wind, up high in the oak, looking down at the Menden Hall. That oak has been known as the bell tree ever since. And on cold nights, when the wind is strong and cuts through the hollow like a blade, you can hear the faint sound of a ringing bell echoing for miles through the valley. Full bod chills. <laughs> I have a million more questions. Oh my god, yes. What, what happened when the men all closed? You said they didn't find anyone? Not even staff? What else do you know about the light? Shit, yeah, what's the deal with the light? Ah, uh, you still up? Oh. Let's get yourselves upstairs. Bedtime for Bonzo. Thank you, Miss Loretta. Thank you, Miss Loretta. Good night. Good night, girls. And now for something completely different. Here is an excerpt from our shoot at the Mendenhall for RJ's show, Boo. It is literally the most terrifying building I have ever seen. Is there anyone here? We are all comprised of matter and energy. <gasps> what was that? I didn't hear anything. What, did you freaking hear that? So, if the law of conservation of energy, the basic tenant of thermodynamics, is true, <laughs> what happens to our energy after we die? Orbs! If it cannot simply disappear. Did you see that? We want to know. Ah, no, 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 no. This is Charles Young. <laughs> and I am RJ Alvarez. <laughs> and this is Boo. Beyond Our Observation. Well, we are now meeting the caretaker here at the Mendenhall Institute. How are you? Good, good. Let's talk the history of this building. When was it built? Uh, construction started in 1897 and opened in 1901. And it was run by a religious sect called the Order of the Light or the Light? Uh, I don't think I know anything about that. Okay. And it was open as a psychiatric hospital? Psychiatric Institute. Uh, is there a big difference between the two? <laughs> uh, probably not. Can't say I know about that either. How many patients lived here? Uh, at any one time, there could be 400 to 800. After WW1 got up to over 2,000. Wow. Yeah. And it was an operating hospital until when? 
It stayed opened until 1981. Really? Yes, ma'am. But the patient count went way down at the end. Huh. And why did they close? The place just seemed to run its course. Hmm. We interviewed Miss Loretta at the homestead last night. Ah. So, how much do you know? Enough to know this place didn't just run its course? Oh. So, there you go. The main office is, uh, is this way. Have you experienced anything here? Hmm. Um, not sure how to explain it. But sometimes you can get caught up in these feelings that don't seem like yours. How do you mean? Uh, it's like you're just going about your day and one second you're fine, the next you're sad or you're angry, then suddenly you feel like laughing. Then as quick as it hits, stops, and you're back to yourself. Mm. So, a strong emotional energy? Certain areas trigger overwhelmingly strong emotions? I suppose you could put it like that. Yeah. Do you ever get the feeling that you're not alone here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you often work here by yourself. Do you ever have any problem coming in here, being alone with all this energy? No. No, it's fine. I feel bad for him. For who? Whoever's here. Oh, what was that? <laughs> oh, I was going to warn you. You see, they, they had this pneumatic tube system in the walls here. A what? A pneumatic tube system. It's used to send messages and medicine through the Institute. It's really old, so from time to time, there are these bursts of air that can be a little startling. Don't mind it. <laughs> Yeah, that is a bit startling. <laughs> there are all these stories about how the staff would play tricks on one another, sending random things through the system. Like what? Uh, you know, like sending water balloons, uh, <laughs> cake, even dirty baby diapers. <laughs> Can you imagine requesting a sedative from the pharmacy and getting a mess of dude instead? <laughs> but yeah, all that horseplay really messed up the system. Wait, there were babies here? Oh, yeah. Full nursery wing on the top floor. There was a nursery here? Yes. I thought this facility was only for adults. It was. The nursery was mostly for the children or the patients who lived here. <laughs> Sometimes women would show up pregnant. Other times, patients would get together and one thing would lead to another. People's people. Right. Can we shoot up there? Uh, Absolutely not. Avery, that's what we're here for. Um, I'm not here for that. I didn't sign up for baby ghosts. You're worse than Chuck. Feel free to go up there with all the ghost babies. I am not interested. But you agreed to... I agreed to the tunnels. That is my max on freaking... Uh, girls, you don't need to fuss about it. That area's closed off. I couldn't take you up there anyway. Oh, no, really? Yeah, floor's not safe. Thank God. We're now in the massive dining hall of the Mendenhall Institute. Grand dining room. Excuse me. Grand dining room. Over that way is a kitchen, and in this area is where they had the rows of tables. The floors and walls are hand-cut marble, and all these archways are gold leaf. And those windows. The stained glass windows were brought over from France. There are 37 along the east wall, and 14 along the west. All the statues and pillars were imported from Europe. Breathtaking. 
What's this emblem on the floor? Similia similibus curentur. What does that mean? I'm not sure. <clears throat> the owner hired a restoration team to try to bring the Minden Hall back to its former glory. Well, at least the best they could. Took almost ten years. By owner, you mean Jacob Stanley. Oh, sorry, Russell Stanley? Yeah, Russell. Uh, Mr. Stanley. This would be a good time to introduce my lovely Boo Berries to Avery Fisher! Not only is she assisting me today, but she's heading a docu-series on the writer, Jacob Stanley. Avery, do you have any questions for Really? Okay, uh, thanks. <clears throat> um, did you ever know anything about the Stanleys? They evidently lived on the property. Oh, the old Stanley farmhouse. Yeah. Well, I'm not from here, but as far as what I know, the Stanleys were some of the first locals to work here. I think since it opened. They worked here? That's how they came to live in the house. Do you know what they did here for the Institute? I would guess maintenance. The docs and nurses lived in the buildings on the main grounds. Huh. So, why were they still in that house if no one in the family worked here anymore? Can't say for sure. Maybe the family had been living there so long at that point, the Mendenhall just let them stay. Hmm. How altruistic of them. Um, so then Jacob Stanley bought all the Mendenhall property in its entirety? Right when the Mendenhall closed in 81. But before that point, the Stanleys didn't own any of the land or the house? Got it all in one big chunk. Huh. Okay. I mean, I get why he would buy the land his house is on, but why this place? And then pay the money to restore it? I don't know, but I mean... If I had the money to buy a haunted asylum, I would absolutely do it. But would you restore the buildings, take care of the grounds? Yes, of course. Hmm. Why don't you tell us where we are right now? Uh, right now we are in the underground tunnel system that connects all the buildings here at the Mandan Hall. But what is this specific location? Uh, this is called the, uh, Crossroads. It's a real interesting shape. It's where all the tunnels intersect. There are five triangular pillars pointing out from the center of the room, and on either side is a tunnel that crosses over its nearby tunnel, shooting off in different directions. Huh. It's a big star. Oh, yeah. If you look down at it from above. And, uh, this was all here before the Mendenhall was built. How do you mean? These tunnels were here for ages, so the Institute just designed the entire facility's layout around them. Gave the staff an easy way to get around. Huh. Was there another structure here they demoed before building? No, I think the site was clear. Just the tunnels. Hmm, that's weird. This is the exact center of the nine main buildings. The tunnels all meet here together, giving this juncture its um, five-sided shape. There are ten tunnels. Huh? Ten tunnels? Yeah. yeah. Ugh, smells like bad dirt. Can dirt go bad? And the tenth connects to... Uh, it heads out to, uh, Great Cliff.
blueberries. We have motion sensors in each of the tunnels. Body cams are on, EMF meter in hand, and ghost box on deck. And we are going dark in five, four, the night vision camera. three, <clears throat> two, I don't like it either. One, lights out. Oh, Jesus Christ. If there's anybody in the room right now, can you give me a couple of knocks or taps? Anybody here? Is, is that voices? What did you hear? It was like a, I don't know, it was from down over there to the right. Might be like a, a bird or, or, or a rat. Rats? That's awesome, we got bats in here too? Oh yeah. Cool, 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 cool. I'm really sorry that you were in pain here. And I'm asking you if it would be okay if you could just talk to us for a little bit. That light over there, it, it turned on. The motion sensor in the northern tunnel has fluttered on. Where does that tunnel lead to? So I'm now going to put the EMF meter on, and this will pick up energy of anybody else here. They detect the fields released by moving electrically charged objects. So if there's a spike here in the signal, that's a change in the electrical current, which indicates a spirit. But in real life, what is that used for? Look at harmful EMF radiation from like appliances and stuff. Oh, so ghosts are life-threatening radiation. Great. Does anybody hear that noise? I didn't hear anything. Don't be afraid. Come and talk to us. Whew. Avery, are you experiencing any cold spots? No, it's actually crazy warm down here. I have to take this off. Wait, wait, wait. What? Shh, shh. What was that noise? Did someone just breathe really loudly? No. Oh shit, what was that? Was that you? Are you screwing with me? No, I'm not doing anything, are you? No, Jesus Christ, I ain't doing shit. I'm going to turn on the boot box right now, running at 300 channels per millisecond. The boot box? It's a ghost box, spirit box. It randomly scans through FM and AM frequencies to pick up the spirit's words in the white noise. So this is a tool that will help you communicate with us. That is so loud. I know, right? Oh, I hate it. Can you tell us? Who is in this tunnel with us right now, please? Do you like us being here? Can you tell me who you are, please? We just want to communicate with you. We mean you no harm. Oh, weird. Would you mind waving your arms around right now? Huh. It looks like it's snowing near you. Let me see. Oh, wow. Yeah, those are orbs. Did you feel anything just now? Because there are a lot of orbs floating around you in a spiral. RJ, will you turn that damn thing off? We didn't mean to scare you. Please come back. It's okay, it was just a few orbs. We should go. 
sure he's fine. RJ? RJ? Nope. 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 Avery, your jacket. There are other jackets. To find out what happened next, please check out RJ's ghost hunting show, Boo, on and follow Boo at. Ready? Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. After an extremely exhausting day, we are finally back at the homestead. Exhausting, but phenomenal. The Mendenhall Institute. I mean, come on. And last night, that stuff from Miss Loretta? I know. I am still shooketh. And the light? What the hell is that shit about? Uh... We smell cult, right? Definitely! Oh, and her story about patient number 349? Stanley had to have based the lady in the bell on that. Whether it's just folklore or truth, it definitely colored his work. Especially the first book. Well, he did live on the property. Uh, what do you mean? Maybe he saw her hanging in the tree? Uh, it's a bit of a leap seeing how we don't even know if it really happened. But if it did happen, I guess anything's possible. Look, here is their house, and over here is Great Cliffs Peak. Huh. How old would he have been? In 62, uh, about 12? I mean, we have his journals from that time, so we can review them. But uh, there might not be much there there. You know what I mean? Well, when we get the guys back and more sets of eyes, maybe we can find something more definitive. Uh, speaking of which, we are still waiting to hear back from Tolan and Chuck. I really hope they found Jane. Yeah, me too. Well, dear listeners, Debbie has kept a little something in the oven for us. So we shall bid you adieu. tree if we can. You have one new message. First voice message. Hey, it's me. Um, we didn't find Jane. Most of the town showed up, did a full grid search of the woods, and there was no sign of her anywhere. The next county over is lending their highway patrol helicopter tomorrow.
End of file labeled 005, rough cut, episode 5, tell me a story, the true life of Jacob Stanley. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the podcasters and participants. If anyone has information on those missing or the identity of the person or persons who uploaded these files, please use the contact information provided. Anything submitted may be used in future episodes. Tell Me a Story, The True Life of Jacob Stanley is a bi-weekly podcast produced by Sylvia Whitaker. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you have information on the missing, know the identity of the person or persons who uploaded these files, have a theory about the case, or have had your own unexplainable experiences in Iphigenia County, Pennsylvania. We want to hear from you. Please record a message via our website. Messages may be used in future episodes. Voices will be altered and names redacted to protect your anonymity. Episode 6 will be released Wednesday, February 9th.